0: Hello and welcome to Rockstar's brand new podcast series, Fintexcellent, the podcast series designed to give quick 15-minute bite-size insights from excellent fintech leaders, fintech companies and brands. Our guests range from unicorns through to seed startups and new concepts. This is our third ever Fintexcellent podcast recording, so I am truly delighted to be speaking today with Herman Tischendorf. Herman is a cross-domain digital thinker, strategist and creator-builder and a seasoned fintech expert. Amongst his many achievements, he is an e-wallet pioneer dating back to 2011 and a digital ecosystem super app builder and one of the industry's true tech fintechers who believes that one must truly understand a business first before disrupting it. Herman has an amazing career in driving value creation through his vision and focus on execution with 20 plus years experience in multinational teams, contributing to a combined 4 billion plus dollars in profit during management positions, all the way from startup to M&A, including a 200 to 12,500 staff growth journey in just three years. He's currently now the group CTO of 4Finance, which is one of Europe's largest dig- digital consumer lenders. So a warm hello and welcome to you today, Herman, and thanks for joining us. How are you today?
1: Hello good morning, Craig. Uh, thank you for having me with you today. I'm, I'm fine and I'm looking forward for an interesting and fruitful discussion.
0: Wonderful. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you, Herman, and I'm very grateful for your time today, and I'm sure our listeners will be as well. But before we get started and dive right in, can you tell me where in the world are you today and what color socks are you wearing right now?
1: <laughs> That's a good one. I'm at the moment, I'm in Riga, Latvia, looking out of the windows of my apartment over the sea and over the city, and I'm uh, today not wearing any socks because it's a work-from-home day.
0: <laughs> wow. Sockless in Riga. I can't think of more powerful combination than that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, moving on to the, to the real nitty-gritty content, Herman. Um, the first question I've got for you today is, what's your story? Tell us who you are and your background and how you arrived in fintech. Uh,
1: that's, a, that's actually a long story, but let me fit it into a very short time. I'm uh, traveling and working around the world for the last about 20 years. And I had my start in something which is absolutely not fintechy at all it 's actually an accounting consulting practices mm-hmm. uh, that belonged to my parents uh, and Then I actually figured out a way how to get into banking uh, and This took me on a journey that actually lasted for about fifteen years uh-huh. through Austria, Russia. Ukraine, Belarus, Kazakhstan, uh, up to 2016. And during this time, I was able to participate in the growth of some of the strongest players in those regions. And thankfully, they are still strong players in their regions. Uh-huh. And uh, in about 2016, I became aware that you know what's going on will actually change the banking industry as such. And I tried to get more exposure to these sorts of new way of doing things. Uh-huh. And uh, the chance opened in 2017 when I got a call from a friend uh, working for a Vietnamese businessman who also has one of the largest finance businesses in Vietnam uh, with the question if we couldn't together build uh, a sort of mobile financial services platform that would allow us to service the unbanked. Mm -hmm. So that's why I spent... uh, the last three years between 2017 and uh, 2020, I'm still involved to some extent there, but since 2019, I'm working uh, almost exclusively by now for, for finance as a group CTO Mm -hmm. and for finance is one of those interesting animals, which is not a pure FinTech, but it's also not a pure bank. We do have a bank in our group, but we, as a way of doing business, I think we are, we are the fintechist company that I've so far been working for, uh, and probably we even didn't know about this. Yeah, but that—that's the mm-hmm. way how we operate. Uh, would uh, the best resemble a way how fintechs operate? So that was in, in a very brief, uh, in a brief minute, uh, what I've been doing so far. Mm-hmm. I do have an education and a background in finance and uh, data sciences. Uh, and I also do have, of course, uh, like decades of, of experience now in finance, banking, and all sorts of banking. So I'm, I'm not just under uh, hyphens the retail guy. I'm also aware about commercial banking, about investment banking, and the related infrastructures and platforms and IT behind. Yeah. And I've got teams of the size from 2 to 700. Yeah, so this wow. Is okay. So it's a very of, uh, diverse. IT team size that I'm I'm used to handle. Uh, largest one I had in Russia uh, and the second largest I had uh, in Vietnam and in Kazakhstan. But it's it's, it's, all, it's all relative now. It's more about what you do and how you do it. It's not, more, it's not so much about now how big the size of your team is. So.
0: Great, great. Um, thank you so much for, for that insight, Herman, and for answering that question. I think it's a very useful little summary of, of your background. Uh, could I ask you, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned along the way to get where you are now today in your career?
1: Uh, that's a very personal question. And let me give a personal answer, or try at least to give you a personal answer. Uh, from my own path, I understand there's more than one way to achieve uh, your target. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I think, the biggest takeaway. It's like uh, the straight line is not often, is the straight line often is not the fastest line. Yeah. That's something which I also learned. Uh, And of course, you know, and I'm getting, I'm I'm sure you hear this every time. You'll never give up. So the never give up is something which probably uh, needs to be combined. Is like never give up on things that you believe or you truly believe that are the right things. Yeah. Yeah. But you also should give up on those things when you start understanding they absolutely don't make sense and you're yeah. running into a dead end.
0: Yeah, when you sometimes, get that feedback, basically. Yeah,
1: and, mm. and sometimes you'd probably need the help of a friend telling you that, that you're running into a dead end. So uh, also try to have a good mentor. Mm-hmm. Try to work, try to have a mentor who is at least 10 times wealthier than yourself. And what I mean by that is not just in a pure financial way, but in the context of get somebody to mentor you who already has achievements and experience because otherwise you're running the risk surrounding yourself with people that are nothing but just echoing what you say so you need to make sure that you have somebody giving you a fair and true peer review and ideally a person who has experience you need to learn from the best yeah? and you need to make sure that you access the best yeah because you need to you need to learn from people that are further down the road in their own journey than you are. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because so. it, and you need to find these people. And yeah. you to get them into understanding that uh, their time with you is of value. And then uh, you will have to find a sort of relationship with the people that guides you and helps you uh, steering the waters of your own life. Yeah, so mm. that, that's, that's mm. the, in brief the advice. Find somebody that helps you, show consistency, do hard work. Mm-hmm. And also accept that part of your life is luck
0: yeah uh, some some great um perspectives there and i can see that really coming from your length of experience where you might have tried a number of things throughout your career and obviously some might work better than others so it's it's great to hear about modeling on on role models and um you know people that already have found a great way of doing things so i think that's one of the fastest learning points uh, for our listeners so what I wanted to ask you next was, uh, going just back to your role currently, Herman, at 4Finance, what would you what would you say is the number one unique single thing about your current company that's different to all the other fintech businesses out there today?
1: Uh, well, I think one of the major differentiators is that 4Finance is a profit-making business. Uh, that's, I think, something which got forgotten in the context of fintech. And I think everybody who is involved in fintech today should be fair enough and from time to time, take a look in the mirror and say, are we ever gonna make it into profit? Because you know, it's like, it cannot be the case that people are uh, spinning their their wonderful ideas and I'm not challenging those ideas. So those, uh, that decent part of those ideas makes a lot of sense. But whoever, Listens to this, yeah, and is running a fintech or thinking about a fintech, mm-hmm. you should have an answer to one simple question the question will when and how are you gonna make money,
0: yeah, because it is a know, it's like if,
1: if it's like if it's like just waiting for for a bigger fool that hopefully will buy you stuff at one point in time, then you're nothing more than a charity uh mm-hmm. blowing through somebody else's venture capital money, yeah. So, and and I've I've done these type of errors myself when invested into stuff. That obviously did not work out, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you you learn it the hard way. Yeah. So uh, biggest difference now is we as a group we are a profit-making business and we have been a profit-making business since the very beginning, and I think that's what's the biggest differentiator. But we also understand that you need to address a real need. Yeah. You need to solve a real-life problem. If your business is not addressing a real-life problem there is no chance that ever will get profitable. Mm,
0: that's very, very true. What would you say is the number one thing that you're solving out there in your business today, Herman, for your uh, customers?
1: Of course, of course, our industry uh, has an image issue. Uh, mm. and I would like to address this, this issue by uh, trying to frame it in a way that we are helping people in very difficult life situations, people who would not get access to other ways of funding, And of course, we have to do it in a way that actually covers our cost and also earns us some money. So, and I I don't want to go into the philosophical slash moral discussions here, but uh, you know, you can say, well, somebody needs to service people that are excluded from financial service provisioning. And of course you can say, well, why doesn't the state do that? Mm. So obviously the state doesn't want to deal with that out of reasons that I would probably be able to imagine, but no need to go over that. And the established banks also don't want to deal with it because if they would want to deal with it, companies like ours would not exist and would not have their niche. Yeah. So we are we are fulfilling uh we are fulfilling a need of the society to get short-term access to funds. Mm. That that that's our purpose, that's why we are existing, that's why we are a growing business, and, and that's why. Uh, we are able to make a business out of this, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I'm not hiding that this is not a business. Of course, this is a business, but that does not mean that you need to be unreasonable. You know, you ha- it has to be reasonable, and and it has to be done in a way that gives dignity to the people who are using it. And uh, mm-hmm. the proof of that we are doing something right is that there's a very high percentage of repeating customers. So it's not like yep. a, a one-off uh, washing over the people. No. We've got a very 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 high percentage of repeating customers Mm -hmm. which probably proves to some extent that the people understand what we are doing and they consider this as a help in their particular situation
0: yeah where they're going to you repeatedly rather than somewhere else because obviously there's many people that might do this but um that trust and that relationship seems to be there
1: absolutely i mean there's not nothing that that, uh, we're doing nothing which is rocket science i mean but that that's not the the, the 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 what we are doing is not rocket science probably the how we are doing it that would probably something where we would say okay we are doing it different yeah uh but that, there's no 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 rocket science behind it
0: Perfect. that that's great it's it's really interesting insight on, especially on the repeat business as well so what would you say is next term and where do you see the best tech go in itself and the innovations heading next in your particular industry segment
1: well, I think we are, we are, to some extent, a bit at crossroads. You know, it's like, of course, everybody now wants to have a client relationship and want to have an engagement platform around that. So in our particular industry, it's all about becoming a constant source of interaction. So it's not just enough to send you the money and then wait until you approach me next time. But we really want, we really want to get more of our client relationship, of course, this also implies that you're able to cross-sell, upsell to the mm-hmm. customer base.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's also uh, there, there. There needs to be more than just short-term funding, and and we are working on that. We are trying to understand ways how we become more sticky or stick stickier to our clients' financial lives, mm-hmm. and also provide them benefits beyond just giving them some money. Uh, so. Yeah. Of course, we're looking into other products. We're looking into other ways of cooperation. At <laughs> the end of the day, our, our signature move, if you want to call it like that, is we are able to estimate the risk that we are taking by giving money to a certain person. That's our, that, that's what, that's our business in a, in a nutshell. That's
0: yeah? what you do best.
1: Uh, that's what we do best. And mm. what we see in the industry is that there now happens more and more specialization and i'll give you one example of a very well known ride hailing platform without naming it, mm-hmm. it try to establish a financial services branch and then combine it and they spend a tremendous amount of money trying to understand how this makes sense and at the end of the day after trying it found out that you know what our core is ride hailing so we are pe- we're bringing people and drivers together yeah one service is not providing credit or providing a wallet or providing whatever. Mm-hmm. So they decided just to shut the other thing down and source it somewhere else. So what we are also in our industry looking for is how can we embed our product or our capabilities into somebody else's ecosystems?
0: Right. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: In a way that makes sense. And and just to give you one example, banks are usually not servicing our types of customers. But uh, banks might be able to refer, to refer their customers to us in certain situations when you're, mm-hmm. when you're totally maxing out your banking relationship. Uh, when you are, uh, there, there are plenty of other industries where our where our product credit, could be surfacing. Like for example, imagine a, a large online retailer where you have uh, when you go to the checkout, you don't only have like pay with cards, but also pay with credit yeah? and I can mm. be I, and I would be the person being able to give you those credit as a part of the checkout process on, on the retailer that's what's those products are for example like uh, showing up like an installment on checkout like uh, that, that happens on the cards by the way already yep. but uh, there are markets where those products are already existing and the people are jumping on them they are taking it mm. so mm. we we are an alternative to a credit card we are an alternative uh, to a standard bank loan. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And again, so there's lots the of
0: scope is... for potential partnerships and and yeah, things yeah. in in the next phase.
1: That would be all about how to leverage uh, merchant networks mm-hmm. or distribution networks for our purpose, mm-hmm. because you you know it yourself. it's like if you go into the into the retail direction, yeah, B two C, that always comes with a huge marketing spend in order to find the people and to convert them. Yeah and what we see is our product when we do our product calculations you know we don't have these extreme margins that they probably have been like 10 years ago 15 years ago but it's it's becoming more democratic let's call it more democratic yeah so the prices are falling margins are getting down so you need to tap into different ways how to find your customers mm-hmm. And basically that ends up with you need to find cheaper ways and cheaper ways usually are leveraging existing distribution channels, existing distribution networks, make a revenue share, everybody happy.
0: Yeah. A win-win for everybody and the customer of course as well. So that's a, that's a wonderful insight, Herman. And thank you so much uh, for answering the questions so far. We're nearing towards the end of the podcast session now. So just a couple of small things before we complete. Um, Just to finalize what you've been talking about, is there any one particular message or benefit uh, or message you'd like to give to your customers or clients uh, within your industry? Any advice?
1: Uh, I think it makes sense to compare offers. So Mm -hmm. I'm a a big fan of competition because competition usually is to the benefit of the customer. Mm So I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of uh, monopolic or duopolic, polypolic situations. I, I'm a big fan of markets. Uh, that said, you know, I would be very pleased if our industry can manage uh, actually to level the playing field in terms of, at the end of the day, you know, and I mentioned this before, our signature understanding is uh, to manage risk that we have towards a client giving him a loan. And, uh, you know, those risks are different depending on the legal uh, and regulatory environment of a particular market. So the more I know about my customers, mm-hmm. the cheaper the funding I can give them. Yeah. And I think, I think the industry needs a rethinking, particularly in Europe, where we have extremely restrictive handling of personal data. And I am a big fan of data protection. I I do have an information security background. Mm -hmm. And also, I I think I'm I'm still sane on my mind. So I I understand that everybody should be asked. But uh, if you explain a potential client what data you're asking for in order to get to a better credit understanding of the customer and being able to give him cheaper access to money, I think we, we need to change the way how we are assessing this because otherwise you see in many emerging markets, you know, there is no stringent data protection and you can have all these alternative insight, alternative scoring models. You can take the mobile phone data. And of course in our industry, that makes a big difference. If I can give you a loan for a couple percentage points, and we are not talking basis points, we're talking percentage points here, cheaper than the whole math for you as as a, owing me the money and for me, giving you the money becomes much better. Yeah? Wow, okay. and, and at the end of the day, you know, it's in my interest to give a loan to as many people as possible as long as they are able and willing to repay me. Yeah. So that's a win-win situation for me as a, yeah. as a, as a provider, for the industry as a whole mm-hmm. and for the client.
0: Yeah? yeah. And if you get that part right, then the, the better deal should be available to everybody
1: absolutely i mean Mm. we are living we are living in a very low interest environment so there's really no mathematical reason why not to give cheaper access to people who need
0: yeah share
1: that benefit that's now that's blocked by by the regulatory and now that the magic question is who runs the regulatory who is who is influencing the regulators Mm -hmm. and we we all know who this is yeah Yeah. and and this is where i think the industry has a a huge uh, opportunity to help each other and push their agenda forward
0: right well that's that's again it's really useful great content there if any of our listeners want to find out more about what products or services you have, Herman, where, where do you want to point them? What direction? Is there any resources available or
1: we we do, we do have, we do have a website, which is basically explaining, I think, in in sufficient detail what we are doing, Mm -hmm. but of course, you know, I can, I can be approached directly on LinkedIn, no problem. And I would be able to hook up with the respective uh, person on our end. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we we are actually, uh, constantly looking for opportunities in the various markets where we are. We are also constantly looking into technologies that would be evaluated to where we are today. So whatever allows us to be more efficient at the end of the day uh, or better is something that we have a look. Mm -hmm. But of course, we're also asking ourselves, is it really value-add? I mean yeah. we, we, again you know as I mentioned before we are a business who is aimed at making a profit at the end of the day we, we don't have the luxury of, of uh, unlimited funding <laughs> we do have we do have very reliable and good partners that we yeah uh, appreciate uh, but we we are a business
0: yeah yeah and and that's all that's all very understandable so Herman I think we're just about concluded now so um. Th- grateful again for all of your insights uh, your willingness to participate today I'm sure there's a lot of value in there uh, for our listeners and the final piece just to sign off would be if you had to pick a rock star person or music anthem what music track or type of music would best resemble you your company or or your business and why
1: That's, I think we we would be the first the first jazz opera that gets ripped. <laughs> That's <laughs> us, <laughs> because we, we are we are we are uh, a bunch of people coming out of so many different places. You know, there is uh, and, yeah. and I know we have heard this ten times before. It's hard to describe us in one th- in one sentence without mm-hmm. losing your mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think our our broad diversity and i also know this sounds super super boring but it's really it's the mix of people at the end of the day it's a people business and we we do have a bunch of people coming out of tens of different countries yeah uh, and and this is this is our mix i think we we are we are the living example that it could work But it's also, of course, uh, it's sometimes jazz. uh, We also, it's, we we are sometimes like uh, this, you know, this Russian, these Russian dolls stacked into each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, Dan- I know. Dancing, <laughs> dancing sirtaki, yeah, that's us. <laughs> wow, okay. I put, I put this picture into your mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have uh, very successfully. It's a, it's a great vision. It's a great genre. So uh, it sounds very applicable given your range and diversity and number of markets and countries that you operate in. So Herman, you've been an absolute rock star. You've been a great guest. I hope we get the opportunity to talk again. And um, I'm sure our listeners really appreciate what you've done today.
1: Craig, my pleasure talking to you and looking forward to stay in touch in future. And all the best to your listeners and guests.
0: Thank you so much. Take care.
1: You're welcome.